0: If you have your Bibles, um, hopefully you brought your Bible, or your phone, or tablet, or something um, that has the Word of God. You can open the Book of Acts. Uh, we've been in the Book of Acts for over, I think, five weeks now. Um, so, you, you, if you want to get ca- caught up, you could always go online on our podcast. And um, I've been recording um, every single week. And. Um, Just just the book of Acts and talking about the acts of the Holy Spirit, the beginnings of the church, and the moment that Jesus Christ, he ascended into heaven, and he said, I will come back one day, um, and in that time, I will send you a comforter or helper to be with you, which we believe as a church, that's the Holy Spirit that has poured out on us on Pentecost Sunday. Last week was Pentecost. And we talked about Pentecost, and as a church, I want to just not not talk about it. I want to experience it. I want to be a part of it, and I want Pentecost to be part of us in every single day. So Pentecost Sunday is not just one day of the year we celebrate, but Pentecost is every day of the year that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, amen? And so it's we're in Acts now, and just to set the scene of what's happening before I get into this verse is Peter... And the disciples, 120, were in an upper room, had been praying and fasting for 10 days. Uh, they had been seeking and waiting the gift that the Father had promised them. And they had been waiting and seeking And in that day, the day of Pentecost came, and they all spoke in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit gave them utterance. We believe that speaking in tongues is a gift for us personally and for us also, us publicly as a church. It's something that we practice. It's something that we believe in. And I believe the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is for everyone today. And as they were there, it was in Jerusalem, Pentecost came in conjunction with this festival Shabbat that... People had came and gathered from all over to come to Jerusalem. Literally, um, people were were coming from everywhere just to celebrate a festival, not knowing that that the Holy Spirit was going to pour out on that day. Um, It's very interesting to understand when you look at the context of what's happening in Scripture and the history of the world at this moment, how God um, didn't pick any other time in the the history of the world to come and pour out His Spirit. He he specifically spoke, spoke... This moment, and he used in this moment, this moment where majority of the people were living under the Roman Empire, which was a very large empire. And God poured out His Spirit on this particular day where literally thousands were gathered from different places. Um, Acts 2 tells us that literally from people from every nation came together, of every tongue came together. So the Holy Spirit didn't pour out just on any random day. It was a God-ordained moment where God knew that the nations were going to gather. And in that moment, it was going to disperse the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone else, it was going to propel the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everyone was going to speak in tongues. And from that moment forward, being in the the Roman Empire at that time, people could travel literally miles and miles away and you're still part of the same empire. There's no limitation with God. And here, this is where God chooses this moment. He chooses people um, these, these 120, that was a mixture of his disciples, a mixture of his own mother and, and his own family that didn't believe him. Now they're all together in unity and they come together to experience what God has. So today, I, I just as we recap that last week and what we've seen the last few weeks. Now we're entering into this moment where Peter stands up in front of everyone and they think he's literally drunk. And everyone else is drunk. And let's read Acts two fourteen through twenty one. Says then Peter stood up with the eleven. Uh, the eleven referring to the disciples. He's, he raised his voice. And address the crowd. And I want to pause for a second. No longer is Peter um, this person that is is fearful, or this person that is is this stubborn person that has denied Christ. Literally weeks before, he denied Christ three times, and he was afraid of of wanting to express. Um, he was one of Christ's disciples, but he raises his voice. There's a boldness in him. There's a separation of the Peter of last week before baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and, there's a, and there's a difference between Peter now that he's raised his voice. He addresses a crowd of people. It says, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. And you look, there's an exclamation point. Like, obviously, it's nine in the morning. Most people, when they would start their meal, it was at 10 in the morning. And that was like the first big meal breakfast of the day. And then they would have lunch uh, later on. And and he's kind of saying, stating the obvious. Like, like no, these people are not drunk. Like, there's no, there's no one. No one has even eaten breakfast yet. Like, it's, it's early. He said, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he's pointing back into scriptures, like, man, you think that these people are drunk because they're speaking of their tongues? Because there's a lot of commotion going on? There was a wind that happened? But obviously, there's something different that happened. This is exactly, and he's addressing himself to the Jews. The Jews had been waiting for thousands of years for a Messiah that was going to come. And when At this moment, he's saying, this is what what we've been talking about this whole time. This is that very thing that you've been waiting for. Verse 17, he says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And, and he, he says this in the last days, I, I, I will pour out my spirit. He says both men and women. I'll pour out my spirit in all and they will prophesy. And really quickly, I, I want to entitle the next few moments here as this is it. This is it. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what Paul is saying. This is the very thing that Joel has been talking about for literally a thousand years before. He prophesied, and this is the thing you've been waiting for this entire time. This is the power of God that is moving. This is his spirit that is moving among us. This is the very thing. It's not confusion. It's not drunkenness. It's not just people hanging out. It's not just another commotion. This is the prophecy that has come fulfilled. And I I don't know why, but I'm so excited today about this because it's like I really feel this is what this is the moment. And I I speak even today um, that this is the moment that God is even using us as a church and pouring his spirit out on us. Even now, this is it. This is it. The moment that God's going to raise up the dead in Houston. This is it. The moment that God's going to heal the blind and the sick in Houston and bring all types of people and set people free in Houston. This is it. This is the last days. See, the disciples believed they were living in the last days. And in fact, we still are. They really believed that this is the moment from the, from the age of when Jesus Christ came to this earth. And when he ascended into heaven, it sparked the moment, the beginning of the last days. This last era of the age of the church. It's beginning the age of the church, the, of the, of the, church, the, the era of the, the last era of the world. And this is the last days. They believe that Jesus would come back possibly in their lifetime. And they act like that. Like they, they, they function like that. They work like this. Believing that Jesus would come in their lifetime. And I believe even from 2,000 years ago to now. The last days are even now. And we're getting closer and closer and closer. Should we be or, or I better said, we should be the church that functions and lives as if Jesus could come back at any moment. And let's believe that Jesus come back, and in this last days, we're gonna see God pour out in ways like never before. There's no other church that 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 man. I don't want to just be a church of the history books and and read about great people, that great preachers, great churches that came before us. I want to experience God in a whole new way in these last days. It says, the last days, this is it. The last days began with Christ's appearance on earth and will be consummated by his reappearance. They are the days during which the age to come overlaps the present age. This is the time from the moment when Jesus came and when the moment Jesus left to the moment Jesus comes back. This is the new day. This is the new dawn. This is the new era. This is the new, the new time period. This is the new age, the, the last days. Every single day that we wake up, let's pray. It's like, man, Jesus, come soon. There's a word, that um, maranatha. It literally means Jesus, come quickly. Can we be that people that sing and, 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 and call out to God, Jesus, come? Jesus, come. But at the same time, let us work as if Jesus can come any time. Let us serve and let's come and, 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 and prophesy. And most people don't understand what that word prophecy even means. And he says, on the last days, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Prophesying is literally just speaking, the, what, acting as a representative of the voice of God. God has empowered each and every one of us many times in church we try to we we get we get weirded out when people start saying prophecy or or talking about prophesying and oh I prophesy this, I prophesy that and and people get weirded out about it and 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 so the pendulum swings one way well, we don't talk about that we don't we're not going to be that, but I want to be a church that that operates in the gifts of prophecy and i want to educate a little bit about what God wants to do here. see there are two functions of prophecy there's Foretelling and forth-telling Tricky words, similar, but let me explain Two functions of the prophecy There's foretelling and forth-telling You can write those down Foretelling is when you're telling things before they're going to happen. You're, you're predicting things. Many of the Old Testament prophets, uh, like Joel and and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, Daniel, they're they're foretelling things that are happening before they're happening. They're you know think for, before they're talking about things that are happening before they're happening. They're they're prophesying a Messiah is going to come. They're prophesying that even even someone's going to prepare the ways like a John the Baptist. They're, they're prophesying the death of Jesus. They're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And there, there's foretelling. There's things that they are they're, they're predicting things that are happening, pe- happening even way before they would happen, even thousands of years. But there's another way that we prophesy that I believe that a lot of times we, we don't really think about or, or really preach about much. It's the foretelling. When you foretell, you're telling people the condition of the time period that you're in. And the word for the church for that moment in the present. See, foretelling is about the future. Fourth telling is about the present. I'll say that again. Foretelling is about the future. Foretelling is about the present. I believe that God is going to give us opportunities to be able to read what the present time is about and be able to prophesy to this present time and be able to speak on behalf of God and say, you know what? At the moment, I believe in this time, in this period in time in Houston or in this nation that God is doing something or God is moving in a way that the Bible backs up. And we're foretelling, and we're telling forth what God is saying. We're preaching His gospel. And He says, in the last days, your sons and daughters will prophesy. They're they're going to not just foretell, but they're foretelling, meaning they're proclaiming the Word of God throughout places or in people like never before. And there are no distinctions among it. There's no distinctions. And Luke, the gospel writer, See Luke in, in the gospel he's 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 famous for for being the or Luke is be, is famous for being the gospel of inclusion where it's including all types of people women children um the lame or the leper and 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 spends time talking about how Jesus was for the different types of people the poor um and here Luke hasn't changed because Luke is the writer of Acts and he comes in in Acts, and he, he starts talking about three different types of people in this prophecy. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. There's an and. There's, a, there's a sons and daughters. There's no distinction in gender. I believe in the role of, in and the functions of what God can do in men and women in the church. I believe that men and women can preach. I believe men and women can lead. I believe men and women can teach. Men and women can can be elders. Men and women are are called by God. Any women say Amen? <laughs> but but, but uh, other churches will say differently. But here 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 at Vive, we we believe that men and women that there's no distinction in the Spirit because He says both of them will prophesy. And when we understand prophecy as as proclaiming the the, the time for now of what God wants to do in the church and calling people to repentance and calling people to rebuke and, and bringing people back to, to God, there's no distinction in gender. He says, your, your, your sons and daughters will prophesy. And, and there's, he says, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And he, he makes this distinction between old and young. But these words, dreams and visions, the Bible uses them interchangeably many times. But, but he's really trying to get at, there is no distinction in age here. There is no, man, I'm just pouring out my spirit for the grandpas or the children or for the youth. I'm pouring my spirit out for every generation. He's speaking to a, 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 a people that, you know, and, and you could speak to any group of people that think, man, okay, this generation is more worthy than the other. At this moment, he says, there's no distinction between age. There's no distinction between gender. And he says, even on your servants, I will pour out my spirit. There is no distinction in status. You know, the, the spirit of God is for the Lord and for the servant, for the master and the slave. It's for both. There is no something you can there, there is no there is no price you can pay to receive the spirit. No one can charge you X amount of dollars and say, okay, well, if I, you pay me this, I, then I'll give you the Spirit. No, it doesn't work that way because no matter what money you have or don't have, or lack of money, or living paycheck by paycheck, or whatever you have or don't have, God says, the Spirit is freely given to you. My comforter is here, my advocate is here, my helper is, is here, and he's you're baptized in, in me, and you're baptized. Baptized in my spirit, and I poured out on you. There is no distinction. There is no distinction between either one. And he says, he keeps going. He says, The sun will turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious of the day of the Lord. And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. I'll t- touch on this for just one second. This is Peter, he's he's repeating what Joel has talked about. And Peter is talking about this is the last days, the last moment. And he's saying before the day, he says the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. And, and there's a lot of imagery a lot of times in prophetic literature, prophetic scripture. And, but he's, he's, we, we take it at face value at the moment. He says that there will come a day in the end where the destruction of the world will happen. Well, this world will be destroyed and the Lord will come to be with us. And there will be a new heavens and a new earth. We understand that in Revelation. He says the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. There will become a time. He's not saying that the man right now in this particular time that the sun is turning into darkness or the moon to blood. He's not saying that right at the moment where he's at. He's speaking now and future tense. Because we understand the last days is not just the time period that Peter lives in. It's now and future it's even now, right now, where we live in. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I, I, I find it very um, pleasing to read this verse, like re- read these list of verses. And Acts 2.17 has always been one of those verses, and I'll, I'll go back to that um, it's always been one of those verses that people read and I've, I've, I, people hear, and it's, it's repeated a lot, especially in a Holy Spirit night altar call service. But I think this, this is, there's more to what God is trying to say. One thing I have learned this week, I was in class, and one of my professors, he said it like this. Um, a lot of times we talk about Acts 1A, and it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, and we take that word witnesses and we take it to mean what we want it to mean. And we say, okay, well, I'm a witness of this or I'm a witness because, you know, can I get a witness? I'm going to, you know, I'm, I, and I'm going to say my, my testimony. But and what it meant, see, in order to understand what the Bible means, we have to understand what it meant for the people that first heard it. Mm-hmm. See, so you will be my witnesses because they, these people were literally witnesses of the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. So when we're witnesses of God... We're not just witnessing or testifying of our own thing that God did in us. We really need to witness and testify the beauty and the glory of the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus. Because everything points back to Jesus. If you want to be a witness, you're pointing back to the resurrection power in Jesus and only what Jesus can do. And only what Jesus has said and what Jesus has done and how Jesus will return for his church. See, we're witnesses of the resurrection. We might not have been there physically, but we see that resurrection power in us right now that has raised us from the dead. And, and we take that power and we bring that boldness. There's a boldness in Peter. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll, 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 we'll dissect even more this ver- these, these verses to come because there's still more that Peter preaches about. But everything that he says comes with this pointing back to Jesus, that this is the Jesus that you saw. You, he's crucified. He is no longer crucified. He is alive and he's alive in us. You see, when the Holy Spirit comes, the, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. He gives us this, break, this great boldness. No longer is Peter just this, this normal type of fisherman, this person that, that has denied Jesus now he comes and says, "This is the resurrection power, and this is what, Paul, what 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 and this is what Joel had prophesied. This is it, the very thing. This is that. Like some other translation would say, that thing you heard about, that thing that people talked about and read about. Don't get it confused, because you see it. He's talking to his to Jews. He's talking to the people. Don't get it confused." You've been waiting for years and years and years. This is the very thing we need. A lot of times in people's journeys of, of, of walking to get close to God and, and getting to know Jesus, you're waiting for us, people are waiting for a sign. It's like, oh, yeah, give me a sign and, and, and I know that's you. Or give me a sign and, and, and that's the moment I need to know I need to return to you. I believe Peter is doing that very same thing right now. It's like, you're looking for a sign? This is it. This is it. I'm a witness to the resurrection. I was with Jesus. I ate with Jesus. I saw the nails in his hands. And then on, on top of that, he, he hung out with us for 40 days and 40 nights. I, he left us and he told us to wait. And as I'm waiting, I'm like, what's going on? You know, in the time of waiting, we studied a few weeks ago, they're just playing dice trying to pick who the next leader is going to be. And then finally the spirit pours out and Peter gets this revelation from God. This is what God is telling us. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the the beginning of the next phase of the world. This is the, the next era, the next time of what God is going to do. This is it. Now let's apply it for a second. Let's bring it to our century now. I really believe here in what God is doing, and I I see the doors opening left and right for Vive and the last several weeks of of what God has been doing and and bringing people or, or even the conversations I've had with people outside of this and people asking about what's happening in this. I really firmly believe that this is the moment, this is that thing that God is wanting to say, this is it. There is no separation. I don't want to just be a church that elevates men. I want to elevate women. Their sons and daughters will prophesy. I want to be a church that also, it's not about one age. Even though many of us are young, let's be a multi-generational church. I want to also be a place where no matter the economic status of some individual, let them come and let them experience the power of God. And I want to tell people in Houston, this is it. That thing that you've been waiting for. I want to tell churches around us, around the city, that revival that you've been praying for, for this, for, for this land, for this nation. I want to believe this is it. This is the very thing that God has, has told us. And let's work as if we're in the last days. When I was younger, we would talk about the last days a lot and we would say, you know, Jesus would come back at this year. Sometimes they would say, oh, Jesus come back in the year 2000 or they would say different things. Or, and I'm, I'm, I would be ignorant to try to say Jesus is coming on a certain day. I would be, I would be foolish, better, better said. But like Peter was believing, the entire era of the church, these past 2000 years, has been the last days this has been all together two thousand years this is the last days and i want to pray that right now in these last days people will come to the lord in numbers this is the greatest season don't don't believe in what the news tells you don't believe in what people have, have have talked about we are in the greatest season of the church that we've ever lived in in the year 2019. We're in the greatest moment of the church right now than ever before. We are in the, in the best place. We have the best technologies. We have things that, that, that the disciples wish they had. They wish they had what we had today. We are, there's more Christians alive today than ever before in the history of the world. Yet there's still so many people that still need Jesus. This is it. Let's pray. Father God, God, I pray that you awaken our spirit to receive your word. God, I, I pray that you awaken us, Lord. God, in new ways. Let us really believe Acts 2.17, that our sons and daughters will prophesy. That young men will dr- see visions and old men will dream dreams. God, let us believe that. Not just talk about it, but let's experience it today. God. We invite you and we invite your presence right now to come into this place and give us boldness. Give us a tenacity. God, let us be audacious. Let us be strong. Let us be strong men, women of God. And let us believe that this is it. This is what you have for the church. We thank you, Lord.